You're listening to the Rogers Waterfowl Podcast. This is A.A. Ron Jones. Chandler Smith here. Let's talk some waterfowl. Man, it has been a while since we've been on here. Been uh, definitely been a while since we've been on here. We had a little bit of a hiatus. Um, I guess we kind of want to apologize for that. We got busy. The holiday season kind of kicked us in the tail. Yeah, it was. Uh, did we make it in November? And then November was just absolute nuts. It was crazy. It was chaos. Um, and then December continued with the craziness and the chaos. And we're sort of able to breathe now, kind of. Yeah. So I mean, hawker season's in full swing right now. Our mm-hmm. duck season just ended Sunday. We got out for the last day of duck season. Boy, it ended crazy here for us. And, of yeah. course, nine times out of ten, we're hunting public ground. Yep. And Saturday was just a whirlwind. That was just it was weird. It From was, it was first light until, like, 10.30. The last 10.55. Time, 10.55 was, was the last one. time I looked at my phone. It was just group after group. And, you know, you might have a lull of 15 or 20 minutes, and then here come 25 more birds, and then... There was times we had too many to really like make a decision or call a shot. We just watching and just enjoying because there was this swing of twenty, this swing of fifteen, this swing of twenty, and then just back and forth. And there was a single here, single there, and we're just, you know, you didn't shoot the single because you were working, you know, three, four other groups, and you were just, it was absolutely chaos for for a couple different periods of the morning on Saturday. But, a lot of random birds this last weekend too. Uh, I mean, I've seen. Let's see, it was golden eyes. Saturday yeah. was all golden that, eyes. I thought that was pretty fun as far as we weren't, you know, we've been shooting Drake Mallards all, uh, most of the season, pretty. Mm-hmm. And teal, a lot of teal. Yeah, we always shoot a lot of teal in this area. I feel like they hang around some of the public places we hunt quite a bit. But, yeah, Saturday we, I think we shot a total of uh, 10 golden eye and like five Drake Mallards. But we could have shot a lot more golden eyes. Mm-hmm. And just sometimes we didn't pull the trigger because there were just there so was, many. Yeah, you, you've got a group of 20, and you're following them around, and then pretty soon there's three that sneak in, and they're right in your face, and then you, you see those coming in, so you pull your focus off the 20, and, you you know, it's just, yeah, you couldn't. Yeah, It was, it was just, like and, ADD duck hunting. And we, <laughs> yeah, and we shot, I don't know how, three, like, mount, you know, like taxidermy mountable. Yeah, I got one that eyes. I'm going to put on the wall. I mean, just gorgeous. Um the white and black with a dark green and I mean on the head with the kind of the um that very mature what would you call it that uh the poofy head yeah not a mohawk but yeah just like that just that different like I think there's more of the mature bulbous head yeah yeah they have that different head look and we've had we had some of those and just perfect you know in color it was mm-hmm. a blast and uh it's so cool to see those I mean they're they're, they're gorgeous looking uh bird Oh, yeah, when they're flying by, I mean, they're very distinct. I shot a good one last year, and I had it mounted in yes. a r- really cool mount that uh, your dad actually did. Yes. And it was just, you know, standing mount on some, so like a driftwood, driftwood some rocks. rocks. It yeah. sits on my desk at work. It's a pretty cool <laughs> It is pretty cool. Yeah. So. I, I can't decide what I'm going to do with mine. I I don't know if I want to do that, or I think I kind of want to do it flying. I just, I, they look so awesome flying, but I want those giant feet too, so yeah. I might do it like it's coming. I don't know. I don't know. There's so many options. So many options. So while we're on the topic, talk about Sunday, the last day of duck season. I mean, that was a fun – it was kind of a, a slow day. Like, it was kind of a 
it was kind of a rough day. The, the conditions weren't great for a hunt and the birds weren't acting great, but we sure at the end of it, we sure had a funky mixed bag of waterfowl. It was kind of, it was kind of neat. What did we end up it. with? We ended up with a speck. What well, we shot one speck. We called that a bunch of others, but we had no speck decoys or goose decoys in general. We just had no. me out there with a speck call, just make, you know, giving them, giving them hell, giving them all I got. But and, we uh, did get, I mean, the groups that did fly over looked at us. Oh yeah, they but definitely. We, they just never committed. Yeah. They, and I think maybe we had three or four speck, like big groups of specks fly over. And maybe if there's one group of specks, it might have been different because mm-hmm. they might have saw other specks and got, got confused or whatever. But we had them turning and hovering and, swinging over and stuff but they never committed but the we shot a speck first thing in the morning though which is pretty cool and he didn't hesitate man. no he he was a he was a single and he was done for he was excited that he found somebody else on the mm-hmm. water three which, guys jumped up yeah. so it's one of those he was a it was kind of one of those he's kind of a group speck i mean obviously one guy claimed him that we just kind of yeah you probably shot first but i think three guns went off and he, yeah, we, he wasn't going to go anywhere. Speaking of specs, we haven't really seen much besides this year. I think maybe it, maybe some people saw them last year, but I remember back when I was hunting a lot of Canada's in, in January I, and the end of duck season, I never saw that many specs years ago. No. We saw them one day on the very last day of goose season, and that was the first I've ever seen them four or five years ago, but I haven't seen them since until this year. Shoot, I, I shot some in, in November mm-hmm. after goose season opened. Yeah. Before, we I never used hunting. to see them except during the conservation order. Correct. That was the only yeah. time I'd see specs. But now they're they're showing up uh, in more numbers. They're showing up earlier um, when you can actually hunt them here in, yeah, our, you, in our area. Yeah, I definitely start thinking about spec decoys for next year. Oh, yeah. I And, and I don't have a spec call, but I think I'm going to lean towards uh, getting one just because before, like I said, when you're honkers or anything like that, we never saw them. But now... Um, that's something I need to work on. And in spec calls, there are more and more really good quality spec calls out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm talking acrylic calls. We sell from Riceland to the Zinc. It's got a good spec call, and Tim Ground's got a spec call, and there's some other good ones. I mean, power use? calls is what I had. Yeah. That is a very, it's a very good, a very good spec call to, to learn on and to mm-hmm. use. Because um, I've been, this is probably my first year actually calling in specs, and I've done it multiple times this year, and this is. Uh, I've I've bought a couple other spec calls and didn't end up liking them the best, um, but then this this power call was an awesome call to learn on, and I picked it up really well. and And I've blown the others too, like the Zinks and the Tim Grounds and the the Riceland and stuff. They're um, they're very good. Uh, all of them are acrylic. They're all really really nice. They sound great, but um, so all of them are good choices. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, quite the quite the. Crazy weekend, yeah. and I think the main difference between just constant activity and just the the birds were coming in and they were committed as to you know Sunday they weren't quite as committed. We'd get some looks, but they weren't coming in. I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that it was sixty degrees Saturday, and it was super windy Sunday. So we had to break ice Saturday morning, and on the arm of the lake we were at. We were about the only chunk of open water, with the exception of a little pool out in yeah. front of us. And then so Saturday, Sunday, yeah, Saturday we had a better day, I think, because the availability of open water. Because we made a made a hole Saturday and morning. And then Sunday, and it was sunny, wind, yeah, sunny and no wind, which is no wind's not good. But we still had we had every bird in our area coming to check us out. Well, we had several. We had a couple of spinning wings. We had several water motion decoys. So that yeah, helps. and we had pulsators out. We had mm-hmm. uh, the, the Lucky Duck HDI, the new one for this year. 
fully waterproof. That thing was, uh, I mean, it comes with a nine foot, is it seven or seven, seven, seven foot pole right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. I mean, so we definitely take advantage of that. We run spinning wings at two different, uh, levels and everything. So it kind of looks different maybe from everybody else who's kind of stuck with the standard four foot, mm-hmm. but a couple of pulsators and I, yeah, I mean, we had some motion, some, some flash and some decoys out. Yeah, and then Sunday, of course, with it's, it being 60 degrees Saturday, melting ice and wind and pushing ice everywhere. Yeah, and then that's part of the reason we had to conclude our hunt Sunday because the ice sheets were moving across the lake and pushing our decoys. Yeah, the uh, Sunday, more of the lake opened up, so we weren't the only hole, which hurt, and it was cloudy and a little bit windy, but we just, into the season, we, we, we sure did it was fun. Ba- bang them up set, uh, Saturday. But going back to Sunday, we shot that spec, but we also shot – uh, three honkers, um, three or four mallards, yeah. and then what was the coolest one? That uh, common meganser. A common meganser. Um, I didn't know what it was. Yeah, when the, and I you were s- calling them out yeah. ahead of time. Yeah, when they were flying by, I was they're, like, boom. They're a huge bird. Yeah, and they did not. They didn't want anything to do with us. But one finally checked this out, and we uh, harvested it, and it was just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I've never really paid attention to common meganser. If you guys are listening and don't know what we're talking about, we're not talking about a hooded meganser, a common meganser. If you look at those things, they're huge. They're cool looking diver. They're big, uh, great colors. They got a dark emerald head on them with a red bill. And they've you know, got the, the, the their sharp their teeth. Feet are like that late season red leg mallard. Yeah, they're yeah very bright. They're not a black diver foot or anything. They're very bright reddish orange. I think they're cool looking. I'm sure a lot of people that see them all the time say, you know, that's one of the ugliest birds out there. But to me, they're cool looking. Yeah. So that was really neat to see that. I mean, we just saw, uh, you know, we had some golden eyes too Sunday. We just had a... Hooded McGansers. We didn't shoot them, but I mean, we we saw saw them. them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Literally everything. We even had teal buzzness one of the days. Mm -hmm. What day was that? Saturday? I can't remember. it was Saturday. Yeah. We saw literally everything out there. And all sorts of different shapes and sizes. Yes. But, yeah, I mean, Sunday we shot big Canada geese. One was banded. Yeah, we did. Yeah. yeah. And specks and mallards and, and a common regained. So that's a, it was a weird, weird-looking bag, but it was fun. Oh, know? absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, that was one of the better hunts I've had on public land Saturday. Yeah. And it was um, a preacher's uh, a buddy of ours' dog, first mm-hmm. year, first full year, first full duck season, finished up his first full duck season and got to retrieve his second speck, but his first honker on water. Mm-hmm. Um, he hasn't got to retrieve any honkers he yet. He did He's pretty good been... learning to break ice, too. Yeah. It was thin ice. There was a couple times <laughs> was... where we he would swim out, and we'd, we'd lift him up, put him on the ice, and we made sure it was thick enough. So, obviously, his safety was kind of one of our priorities. Yeah. But and we, we, always... we, we probably could have shot more if we weren't worried about that, you know. Exactly. If we had a boat or if we were at an area where we knew that it wasn't that – that deep we could have mm-hmm. waited and taken the time and busted ice out there ourselves but we were on a lake so we had to really take time on our shots mm-hmm. to to make sure that we were able to you know retrieve the the, the actual harvest and yep. the dog is a crucial factor we wouldn't be able to get a lot of those no. if we didn't have the dog because they're just no. just outside our our waiter limit but the dog was great mm-hmm. and sunday when the ice was just thin enough that dog was it i mean he he was he didn't stop. He no. would he would go through and bust that ice all the way. That bird, he wouldn't even care. It's crazy. You get a good dog like that. Their drive to get that bird is incredible. Yeah. He didn't want to give it up. I think there was a couple times we had to go drag him and say, "No, you're you're done. You don't exhaust yourself out trying to get through this ice. It's not going to happen." And 
yeah, their drive is incredible. But it was it was good hunting. It was fun. Um, I guess yeah, we're we're done with ducks. Yeah, it's unfortunate until. Oh well, yeah, we're done in Missouri. October. I don't know if we were, yeah we might maybe we could snag a Kansas when they reopen it back up if we yeah. could snag a Kansas hunt. Yeah, uh, I know Arkansas is still going. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a lot of areas down south so they're still killing it, but we're we're on the honkers now. Mm-hmm. Got the goose spread working, trying to get that figured out. And it's been kind of an odd year as far as the weather. I mean, early in December we were frigid cold. Yeah, and we thought everything was going to freeze up early. Uh, we thought. Birds are going to move through the end of season. We're not going to have any. And then sure enough, the, you know, a couple of days ago, woke up at five in the morning and it's 58 degrees. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it felt like spring. It felt like I should be shooting a turkey in the face, not a goose in the face. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it's been kind of a, it's been a weird year, but I feel, I feel like I've said that the last three years in a row. It's yeah, been a feel weird like year. Every, I think we probably say that every year. Yeah, uh, we do. And, of course, everybody, we were talking about it this weekend, we're like, I don't understand how, you know, last, well, we were out Saturday, the week before the Saturday, the high was, we were, or no, it was New Year's Day. So it was like four days, five days earlier, the high was 22, the low was 14, and then, you know, five days later, it's 58 at five in the morning, a high of 62, and yeah. Yeah. And we were talking about how we always feel that, you know, if you don't like the weather, wait 15 minutes. But I think everybody says that in every state, but it's true. Yeah, we feel like we're Missouri's the only one that has the weird weather swings. But I, I bet, no. I mean, yeah, everybody says that. But uh, every state's got bipolar yeah, weather. Yeah, I mean, yeah, New Year's, uh, New Year's Day, we were hunting mallards and geese in a field. Well, we were trying to hunt geese, but yeah, all we, we just mallards. always shot mallards. But um, yeah, the geese were. The geese were locals, and they had their routine. And we Educated. G- we gave them all we got, but we the mallards definitely paid more attention to us because they were excited. And the mallards that came in, man, they... Yep, they did it. They didn't just swing, you know, swing above our mojos you know, or lucky ducks, you know, uh, a couple times. I mean, they were boots on the ground, feet on the ground. Oh, yeah, there was one time I was tucked into the layout blind, and I was digging around for some shells, and I hear you, you or somebody say, take them, and you're hopping up. And I was like, well, wait a minute, I never even saw them. But it's because they came in so low, yeah. right in our face. They came in low, right in our face. And I'm, you know, looking up in the air as I'm reaching for shells, and they're below tree line coming in in our face. Yeah, I can't believe you didn't didn't catch those because those came <laughs> no. in. We were calling, and those came in just perfect on a string, just like the script wrote. And uh, they come in on your side. I, you know, I, on, like right, I said, I was digging around in the and blind. I, and I even said your name, like, Aaron, all right, you're on your side, get ready. And then we're like, take of it. And then... We shot out. We shot, you know, a good amount out of that group. But you, you, uh, I don't think you really got a, a shot or the best shot. Uh, yeah, it was one of those, almost from the hip, just kind of. Whoop, hey, whoop, there they go, boom. <laughs> and yeah. I did. I didn't hit a thing. It was, it was embarrassing. That that was the day that I, uh, I was just donating steel towards the cause. <laughs> it was not my best day, but it is what it is. Yeah. But we had a good looking spread yeah. of honkers. We had a, it was, yeah, we were running honkers like uh, like we talked about in recent podcasts with Ricky. We ran a seven dozen honkers and three uh, spinning wing decoys, two lucky ducks, and a mojo. Yeah. Um, and, you know, not as big of a goose spread as we would want, but that's what we could handle getting out to that field because we had to we had to it, get it out by hand. Yep, uh, by hand on our backs on a sled, whatever way we can get it out there. So it's definitely a wasn't that bad though we got no. pretty creative we did get creative we had uh and the funny thing is is what is it's 
two dozen Bigfoots and it was two dozen Bigfoots, um, three dozen FA Lifecrafts, two dozen FA Lessers, and some yeah. FA shells. Yeah, because I yeah we yeah carried two dozen Bigfoots. <laughs> yeah, two dozen Bigfoots and some Lifecrafts and some Lessers and some shells. I mean, it wasn't a, it was a all right spread to to put carry out. We got it out there. Mm-hmm. We shot some mallards, but. All shapes and sizes represented in that spread. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, and like I said, 90% of what we hunt is public ground. Yeah, and we had, we're taking out Goosebuster layout blinds. Mm-hmm. We had, and not, not not light ones either. We're taking out Goosebuster XLs, three of them. And I was in the LP. And you were in LP. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were, in the, you were the only one in the low pro. Yep, absolutely. But, I mean, it was a good day. It was fun. So it's been about mid mid November, not December, mid November since our last podcast, mm-hmm. and and in late yeah late November is definitely a crazy busy time for us. Like we said oh, earlier, yeah. with the Black Friday, Black Friday, Cyber, Cyber Monday. Monday, yeah, and just the holiday sales. We were when I mean, we were out on the shipping floor, right, like on the packlet line, getting getting your guys' uh, waterfowl orders from the website on the truck. Um, trying to catch back up because we just get a amazing amount of response during this time of year or during the holiday season from you guys. Oh yeah, it was online crazy. orders. It was just absolutely crazy. I mean, yeah, I you know I'm the social media guy. I was out there pulling orders. Yeah, you're advertising. We had several of our buyers out there. I mean, it was literally all hands on deck because it's one of those things where we know that you guys order something, you want it. You don't want to wait ten days. You you want it, and we understand that. So. Yeah, that's why we didn't we didn't do hardly any social media videos. We didn't do hardly anything because our main focus was getting orders out, getting orders out. Because I mean, we do stuff and we got incredible customers. Yeah. That you guys show us support like crazy. I mean, it, it's unreal how how awesome you guys are. And 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 the best part is is you know we'd have people call or they ask me questions on social media, and I'd say, hey, I'm just going to be honest. We're running, you know, four days behind, or you know, I think we, I don't know if we got five days behind. We might have, um, but everybody was not really cool. Very, yeah, not for very long if we did, no. but it was mainly four days, and then we trickled back down. Yeah, but everybody was so understanding about it, and and we we appreciate that that you guys, you know, that we just explain, hey, you guys overwhelmed us with orders and. Mm-hmm. here's what's going on and everybody was cool about it i don't think we had anybody that i d- i never dealt with anybody that got really upset or irate about it or anything but um you know and the, and the thing about we always we were you know we were in mass chaos freaking out that we were four days behind but i know there's websites out there that are that that's their norm oh, you yeah. know you don't you won't get a confirmation email that their product is leaving until four days later is, is not a big deal to some people mm-hmm. but it's a huge deal to us because we like to do same day if you put an order in before you know, noon, three o'clock, it's going to go out. Mm-hmm. And that's what we, we run that 325, 330, 340 days a year. I don't uh, know absolutely. exactly. I mean, there's only like, I guess there's only probably about 14 days we don't hit that. And that's right the around year. the, yeah, the Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Yep. All that Christmas, a lot of times. Um, but yeah, like you throw an order in right now, as long as it's before 1 or 2 p.m., it's probably going to go out that day. Mm-hmm. It's just the nature of the beast and... That's how it is. We're going to work on that for 2019. We're going to get a little bit better here this year, I'm sure. So oh, hopefully yeah. that, that lag won't even be four or five days, maybe one or two. Yeah, we always get more and more efficient. Mm-hmm. So, 
It is what it is. But, yep, we're back. We're going to start hitting up podcasts again. So we appreciate everyone jumping back in and listening. But, yeah, we, we felt we owed you a little bit of an explanation there because we didn't want to leave you high and dry. And we had a, we've had a few people ask about what was going on, and it's just it's just life. It's just the busy season. It's just the nature of the business. But um, we're back at it. And yeah. So right now, um, as far as kind of like what we've got going on, social media, we've got a bunch of stuff. We're going to do some videos and stuff. You know, being that honkers are the only thing open, we're going to hit those. And then, of course, conservation orders. Mm-hmm. Those start before too long. Yeah. So we'll do, we'll, we'll get, you know, fired up and do a lot of uh, snow goose decoys and videos and stuff like that. Now, you yourself, do you like to hunt snow geese? Um, <clears throat> I think I would. I actually never have gone out and hunted snow geese. I've always been hunting honkers until the very last day and then uh that that kind of ended my season but i think this year we're gonna try to get out and get some because i've never we've always been really focusing on throwing you know our any any budget we have left over anything like that towards uh, a duck spread or a honkers mm-hmm. um we have never haven't got everybody ready to go you know full force into the snow goose socks and stuff you know well, and it takes ground too well it takes ground and it's tough because it's not like you know ducks geese you know four five six seven eight nine dozen you know whatever ten dozen man snow geese it seems like you, you know you, you you're starting to get where you need after 500 <laughs> mm-hmm. you're like okay i gotta start at 500 so i know i have i've hammered them with less but then i've also had 1200 out and you can't you can't get them to come in so to me they're they're the most frustrating bird out there I don't know. Turkeys sometimes can do that to me, but I don't know. Snow geese, it's fun if you're on them, but I, so many times, more often than not, I'm in a field. There's 800 decoys out around me, in front of me. We've got the e-collars out during the conservation order, and 60 birds go to the field next to you, and then for the next two hours, every bird that's in the county goes to that field next to you. It seems like that. I'm sure our listeners, I'm sure you guys have had that happen too, and it's frustrating. Um, I can imagine you know, all that work you put in to put out 800 <laughs> decoys and then oh, watch them just, laying next to you. is just like your heart drops. That and you, you, you're like, okay, it's Saturday. We've got this field set up. We, you know, we scratched some birds out today. You get up, you go out there Sunday, and the wind's changed. So then you're moving the spread around, or you got to shuffle things around. It just—it's a lot of work, and that's—that's that's, to me, it's almost worth it to go with an outfitter at that point, somebody who does all the work for you, because you know you, you pay a little bit of money and you go shoot them for a day, and then you're done with it. Yeah. <laughs> that, What's to the fun me, in that? Oh my gosh, I, I don't know. I have mixed emotions on snow. Blood, sweat, and tears is all. It's what's all about, right? And I, I'll do that for ducks and honkers all day long. (laughs) For snow geese, I just, I don't know. And then if I mean, then you get into you know, you come home when you got ninety geese, you got to clean them all. Yeah. Because I, I mean, I'm not one to waste them or anything like that. Now, if somebody has them, and uh, I know we've got some family friends that absolutely love geese, I'll give them away if they want to do that. But if I don't have that arranged ahead of time, I'm skinning them and they're going in the freezer and I'll make jerky or something, you know. But if I've got an arrangement ahead of time where somebody's like, yeah, if you get a bunch of geese, can I have them? Sure. But I don't know. Mixed emotions on those things. But anyway, we're going to be doing videos on them. We got, we got some new socks this year, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got some new fold-down final approach socks. 
Um, and White Rock, the Evac Snow Guys, you guys, that's a pretty cool decoy to we check out. We just did a huge giveaway on those, too. Yeah, we just gave away. Is Ten it done dozen. yet? Yeah. We, we pick a winner? Yeah, yep. it was yesterday we picked a winner. A Ten yeah. dozen uh, Evac full body snows. These things are sold in a dozen. So, 10 boxes. About, you know, they sell them on their website for 200 bucks. We sell them one fifty nine ninety nine. once you get five or more. But that's a, it's one heck of a decoy. Super, uh, super good looking carve. Yeah, and they're very flexible. And light. And crazy light and so, flexible for a full body. Yeah. They've got a stake that they move around on really well. Yep. Um, great carve. I mean, they're, they're an awesome looking decoy and lightweight. For a full too. body, yeah. So, and then what's nice about those is a lot of times people get those big um, seed bags and they just fill them with decoys. Mm-hmm. And you get some, you get that full of the, the heavier full bodies. It, it's all you can do to slide those around out in the field. But with these, as light as they are, I mean, one guy can handle them. Mm-hmm. One guy can handle them. So it, it's nice there. Um, that F.A. sock has got some pretty cool design on the back, a little bit different than what's what you've mm-hmm. seen typically in the industry. It's a fold-down sock um, and just a pretty pretty competitive price. Um, other than that, when we sell a pile of, of Avery full-body snows and, and Avian X painted snows. Yeah, we'll get some videos out on those, too. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people want to see that. Um, let's see. A lot of these videos, you, we've probably got them on YouTube. We'll, f- we'll freshen up some of them. But I know we just did the final approach like a week ago, mm-hmm. two weeks ago. So yeah. you can check that out on YouTube. You can listen to this, and you can check that out on YouTube. Um, but, yeah, lots of, lots of good snow goose stuff up there. I'll tell you what we don't have a lot of right now, and that's waders. Holy cow. Yeah. You guys bought every single pair of waders we own this year, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah, we we went through. We're about plum out. I mean, literally, and I I think that's probably the number one question I've got on social media for like the past, probably since before Christmas. So I'd say the past at least three weeks, um, people asking when we're going to get more waiters in, and we, I mean, we ordered so many more than we did last year, and I mean, of course, Sitka waiters they just disappeared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was to be expected. Those Delta waiters. Um, yeah, but our Rogers waiters, holy cow! Yeah, yeah. The elite, Tons. the tough man. The elite three and ones, tough man three and ones. Uh, even the neoprene three and a half mils. You yeah. Know, elite five five mils. I mean, mm-hmm. we we had we had a, a huge offering and and all of it disappeared. So. I did. I, I think I have noticed though the trend is going towards breathable. I mean, yeah. we're selling way more breathable waders. So if you guys are still using neoprene, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But if you're looking for something new, if maybe you got a hole or sprung a leak in your neoprene or you're tired of them or maybe it's time for a new pair breathable yeah yeah check and, out uh, breathable and next year we yeah, our orders are are definitely a lot bigger and if you didn't if you watched your buddy get some or you saw your buddy get some and you mm-hmm. want some get ready for next year um um new styles new camos and oh yeah and fyi we are out of waiters for this year i mean we're not going to be able to get any more in time for this season <laughs> yeah so, we're talking june july yeah next even time guys if, you, if you've got a season that's open for three or four more weeks it, it, we can't do it man it's it's not happening but yeah we i mean we're going heavy in waiters because that's the last thing i want to do is tell someone yeah sorry we don't have your size or we don't have what you need i hate turning people away mm-hmm. so that's just one of those things that you know we're we're going heavy in waiters again, but um, yeah, that you guys you guys overwhelmed us with support there, so we're gonna make up for that. And there's there's new camos coming out this year. Well, yeah, well, our waiters would be in a couple. We'd offer it in Max Five and Bottomland, and then next year 
um, you will see it in the real tree timber pattern. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, in certain models, I think the tough main and elite will have it in. Yeah. In the real tree timber pattern, which is will be good. Um, good good looking pattern, mm-hmm. new to the market. So. Yes, absolutely, and of course, lots of lots of exciting things coming out. We've seen some of the stuff at some of the shows already. Um, but, you know, lots of cool stuff from Drake and Banded and a lot of the companies. they got a lot of cool stuff coming out. So yep. I, I'm excited for a lot of the stuff we're going to have for fall of 2019. Yep. So, I mean, it's exciting. 2019 is going to be exciting, not only from a hunting standpoint, but just Rogers, we're growing, man. Yeah. It's, it's a blast for Absolutely. sure. Big things going to happen. Um, you'll see it as it progresses through the year, but um, I mean, we're already getting ideas and spinning things around for Waterfowl Weekend, and that's eight months away. Yeah, I should have been probably working on Waterfowl Weekend two months ago. So <laughs> <laughs> it feels like everything that should have been done started, you know, started going on two months ago. Oh, absolutely! It'll be here before we know it. That's that's one event that I look forward to. It's a lot of work, but when it's here, it's fun. Yeah. So if you've never been a part of Waterfowl Weekend, um, you're like the outcast. It's it is such a fun event. You know, talk to your buddies. We'll build it up on social media, of course. But that's that's one thing you're gonna want to stop by. It's, I mean, if you live in Washington, Oregon, um, Russia, go ahead and make the trip over. <laughs> it's such a fun event, and it's just the calling contests. Yeah, uh, there's a bunch of water. I mean, it's all. I mean, a bunch of waterfowlers out there having a good time. I mean, we've we a lot of a lot of cash prizes for the calling contest, but there's also people to see, vendors to see, like companies to see, products to buy. You know, parking lot party talking about waterfowl gear. I mean, yeah, it's a bunch of duck hunters, a bunch of goose hunters hanging out, talking. Yeah, birds shooting birds, duck hunting. So yeah, a lot of cool stuff, and a lot of uh, the the call makers are there in store. Yeah. So yeah. if you are interested in calls, if you have questions about calls, if you want to try calls, if you want to get tips, or if you want to talk to the call makers, they're there, mm-hmm. and they'll help you out. They'll they'll tell you what you need to know. I mean, it's just it's fun. It's not only a fun experience, learning experience. You can talk to the decoy manufacturers, the reps. They're all there. Yep. So it's it's good stuff there. So what else do we have on the plate coming up? Um, well, I mean, I guess we're still. I mean, we we still got some weeks on honkers. I was going to say let's talk about. Um, I don't know if we've covered really our honker spread yet and what our thoughts are. I mean, we can go into. Um, the full bodies, the socks, the silhouettes, the, the blind placement to, um, just how you set your decoys and stuff like that. How you, how you put, where you put your sleeper shells, you know, field versus ice and, or water or whatever. I mean, so January 1st, a few days ago, um, we hunted a field for honkers. We didn't have a lot of action, but I did like, we shot some mallards, but I did like the spread look. I agreed with you. You I, you kind of set up the spread. I was working on the layout blinds that mm-hmm. that that we kind of all have a job in the morning to get mm-hmm. everything done. But I really liked what you what you did. And I guess we can go over. You know, I've seen back when I first started hunting honkers, we did a lot of like really designated horseshoe looking or J hook kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. When then it was like we we you couldn't draw on it better on a on a on a we were perfect Nike swoosh. I mean, it was like we just did everything perfectly to the T, and I th- we felt like we got a lot of passes back in the day. Um, 
and I think it was because of the uniform, and we didn't realize that every decoy was two steps away from each other, you know, because we didn't. <laughs> you walk it <laughs> you off. walk two, drop a decoy, walk another two, drop a decoy. And we had, like, these perfect lines of the J and everything. It looked just gorgeous for somebody playing with dolls. But, you know, we call them sometimes doll coys because all the, cause we nerd out on them. But, you know, what you did, you explained kind of what you were doing. I really, really liked it, and I think a lot of people do the same stuff for – I didn't really do anything with rhyme or reason. I kind of took took the decoys, and I, I did try and mix up some sizing a little bit. Throw some um, some you know some live crafts in with some bigfoots. Maybe sprinkle in a lesser here and there. Um, a lot of times, you know, I'd get a small group of lessers off to one side, or kind of kept the sleepers over here. Maybe throw one random sleeper with some of the full bodies. But I, I kind of did little pods here and there, and it was a little bit more of a random type thing. Yeah, and pod. I think yeah, this late in the year, you know, they've seen probably everything. So the more you can kind of mix it up and just maybe throw a little something in there they haven't seen. Yeah, give them an extra large, you know, kill hole. We, yeah, we still had a kill hole. We but still it, had. Decoys to the left of the kill hole to the right, mm-hmm. but they were in pods, um, and you know we had the sentries kind of on the outskirts, you know, looking mm-hmm. the, the more the natural way. We had on the right side of the spread, we had all the sleepers, mm-hmm. and they were all facing the right way um, because these when these birds kind of get down, lay down, and if it's cold and they're kind of starting to sleep, or you know, mm-hmm. they're going to face to where they're facing the wind, to where that wind is, you know, not blowing on the back of their feathers and stuff. So remember that, throwing your decoys out. And uh, I just really liked the randomness. It didn't look like a prepared spread that you saw um, online on a form or something like that, or these, the, you know, the different, the, you know, the different swish or the, the slant or anything like mm-hmm. that you've seen. Uh, we, we had a purpose for it. We had a, we had a kill hole. We had decoys. And they were, and they were just kind of random, which is really mm-hmm. good. We really tried to focus on getting them to not look so perfectly placed. Not all there's sometimes there was big 10, 15 foot gaps between decoys, mm-hmm. like a pod here, and then they start over here. And it wasn't like you took two steps and put another decoy, mm-hmm. put two steps. But then there was areas where there was decoys within you know a foot of each other. Yeah, they were packed in a little bit, a little bit heavier. Some of the feeders might be a little bit closer to each other, so maybe we're trying to show that feed on that certain area and. You know, and then we put we actually had a spinning wing decoys with us because it was still duck season. But mm-hmm. even if it wasn't duck season, we we had those down, and we still have this we still have a great looking spread. Yeah, and of course, we, you know, we run the Lucky Duck HDIs, so they got the remotes. So if the honkers were coming, you know, obviously you just shut them off, no mm-hmm. big deal. Yeah. But in case we did see ducks, which ironically that's all we saw for the most part, you know, we had them with us. But a lot of people too, uh, they're going to really load decoys around the layout blinds. Um, to try and, I guess, hide the layout blinds. But my thought was we, we sprinkled some around it, but we didn't go heavy. We spent, you spent more time camouflaging and brushing in the blinds mm-hmm. to make them look good as opposed to throwing, you know, decoys, you know, all over them, on top of them. You know, you're tripping over decoys trying to get in and yeah. out of your blind or, you know, something like that. And we, and we didn't do that. We had some in front, uh, you know, one in between maybe, and then a few out back. But... Um, you know, the the biggest part of what I guess you could call a feed was kind of off to one side. Yeah. It was, we, we tried to pull the focus off to the side, not necessarily on our blinds or anything like that. An exaggeratedly, you know, large kill hole with just a small little couple, little pod right out in the middle of the kill hole like they had just come in. Other mm-hmm. than that, you know, it was random randomness. Yeah, and I, we always ask the question, where do we want to put the blinds in the, as a part of this spread? Sometimes I think that I don't necessarily like 
the birds always staring. You mm-hmm. feel like they're staring right at me mm-hmm. uh, when we're hunting. Cause I, f- I feel like if you you're gonna get better luck because I mean, we all move around or mm-hmm. look around and or we're not we're a little bit lazy sometimes on our layout blinds. But if you're in a field, I think sometimes it determines how where the field determines where you put the blinds. If you have a field with a ton, a ton of extra stubble, extra corn, you know you got a lot of extra material. You can really hide your blinds. I would put them in the kill hole. I mean, I would love, you know, get, get to where the geese are in your face, but that's only if you're confident that your blinds are mm-hmm. not sticking out because you're, you're in the open I and mean, you're relying on that, that layout blind to be covered in corn stubble and filled in the sides and the doors are and the flaps are everything the, behind the back of the blind is filled up. And, you know, you look like their death perception is not the greatest. So you look like just flat out flat cornfield. Mm-hmm. Um, if like the field we hunt, month the that tuesday was january 1st Mm -hmm. uh, new year's day we didn't have it was really frozen so it was hard to get some of that stubble and it wasn't that abundant and we were really struggling um but it was there it it was there and we we hid good but we we at that point that was like my second stage was like get right in the decoys a little bit Mm -hmm. and then if it was really bad i might say go behind the decoys to where the geese, as they're coming in with the wind, they're not. They're, they got a mm-hmm. bunch of stuff that their eyes are on, their attention is on, and it's not you. You might mm-hmm. be behind everything. So, I'd kind of determine on how you are having your blinds, and if then if you go into a frames, or fast strikes, or panel blinds, I guess I'm. I don't think you you don't put those in the kill hole. You don't really put mm-hmm. those in the spread. You got to be behind the decoys no. because I don't think when they're swinging and stuff. If you have this big hay bale almost looking thing and it they swing one way and all half the spread disappears and then they keep swinging it shows back up Mm -hmm. it's going to look a little bit funny and they might get a little weary off that but i I bet guys have shot them out of the kill hole on an a-frame but i I think you kind of get off off the geese on the a-frame or you know or the fast strike you 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 just cover too much of that spread up once they're coming Mm in um if you get kind of behind everything i think you i mean those blinds you can really get hidden and have great hunts with. I just don't know. Like on a layout blind, you can get yourself kind of in that kill hole, and you mm-hmm. can have geese almost on top of your blind. Yeah, and one thing I focused on too is um, the spinning wings we had out in case ducks came in. We put them off to the left side, and the kill hole was not dead center in front of the blinds. It was shifted a little bit more to the left too, and that's because all all of us that were there that day are right-handed shooters. Mm-hmm. Well, for a right-handed gun. I mean, it's a little easier to shoot across your body than it. I mean, so it's easier to shoot to the left. Now, obviously, it wasn't exaggerated where you're shooting across the guy's blind next to you. No, but it's, it's always just a easier bit. to lean up and, and kind of shoot to the left. So we offset that kill hole a little bit too. Just a tiny bit. So yeah. I think I think it helps that you know that kill hole and, and that opening is a little bit to your left. So as they're coming in, you know they're not staring right at the blinds either. And I mean, the mallards that came in read the script perfect. Yeah. They didn't hesitate. They didn't circle five times before they committed. It was, I mean, there was a couple times where we're sitting there talking, and <laughs> here's birds circling, coming right in. Yeah. Minimal calling. Yeah, so. but if we had that goose spread out this past Sunday to where we, you know, when we were hunting water, yeah, well, it would have been dirty. Because, and, of course, yeah, that was the day we should have been in the field, but yeah. the the day we before right. had us all we hooked. Were, yeah, we shot a, a great amount of, of mallards and, and – if we would have been field hunting with our honkers, we would have had we would have had a limit of specs. Yeah, we would have had our limit of honkers. Yeah, and we probably would have had some ducks too. That was that was our bad. Saturday had us <laughs> hook, line, and sinker. So we went back and did the same thing. Which we, I mean, we got birds, but I think 
with the the way things were, we should have been in that field we were the four days prior. Yeah. But it is what it is. I'm not going to complain. Yeah, we don't know everything. No, 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 definitely don't know everything. I, I feel like I learn something new every time I go out. So, so you know, it, it's fun. But I, I know that uh, I'm ready to get after the honkers because we, we tried hunting them and all we saw were ducks. <laughs> yeah. But, no, it's it's about time. We, we feel like a lot, there's a lot of geese up in Iowa, but they'll they'll be here before you know it. Well, and that's the thing, too. Like, here we are. We were in the, the 50s, and I know Oklahoma, they were getting snow. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're south of us. You know, Wisconsin, I saw several people up there posting about how it was, you know, upper 40s, low 50s up there. I mean, at, at what point do the geese say, you know what, maybe it's time to go south? Well, I mean, there's there's geese moving south, but I I know there's people still. I've heard, I've seen a lot of people on social media, you know, Indiana and Ohio, it's so warm there. You guys are having a heck of a season trying to get anything other than local birds. Um, Minnesota, a lot of people are still fighting, you know, stale birds up there, so... We need a big cold front to push through. We need an Arctic polar vortex or whatever those yeah, crazy things exactly. are called. I might have just made that up, but I think <laughs> once upon a time I heard somebody use that term, so I'm going to yeah. throw that out there, regurgitate Arctic polar vortex. If yeah. that's a Trop- uh, cousin to the tropical hurricane. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I don't know. But anyway, that's what we need because it is, it's getting slow, and we only have three weeks left here for honkers. Yeah. And that's one of my favorite things, the giant honkers. Especially here, we're fortunate that a lot of the birds that we get are banded locally. Mm-hmm. So, which the band, we, we did call in that band, and it was, uh, it was a four-year-old bird. It was a local bird from the Kansas City area. Yeah. So, that's I, It's to fun. the point to where I want to shoot a band that's not from here. <laughs> yeah. The, the, I think my furthest band was the Northwest Territories. Um, that's, that's my furthest band, personally. Um, but again, that was, it was a, you know, hunting around. I, that's where I've done 90% of my, my waterfowl hunting is in the Kansas city area. And it, you know, it was, it was a bird that was banded in Northwest territories. That's pretty neat. Yeah. Other than that, most of what you get around here is within 50 miles. <laughs> it is what it is, but it's fun. So, um, yeah. But I'm yeah, some of the, some of the cool things that we've kind of got out this year and what we've seen in the little kind of a pickup on, um, Going with decal or de- decoys is we got big owls uh, silhouettes and in, in online and mm-hmm. we've seen a lot of push for the guys running silhouette decoys mm-hmm. and um, I think if you can I think if running full body silhouettes I think you can make an awesome looking spread absolutely and, I, and there's guys out there that kill them over just silhouettes but mm-hmm. I've seen some spreads with some full bodies and shells and silhouettes I think they all look great it's a way to get numbers up oh yeah it's it a way to is. get numbers up and of course if you've got a Pack them in like we do. Yeah, silhouettes are a huge bonus. Silhouettes and shells, especially. Yeah. And then Lucky Duck has that collapsible, very light, packable decoy that would have been nice on a mm-hmm. on some of these pack in hunts. And then I I think it's really neat for guys who we're kind of talking about where to put the blinds at in the decoys. Uh, White Rock makes a Canada Goose sock that's got a head on it mm-hmm. that attaches to your blind door mm-hmm. on your layout blind. Which if you get two or three of those on your layout blind and you get all your guys to do it. And you got decoys all around you. I mean, you just disappear. Mm-hmm. Their death perception is just going to confuse them because you have you have a, a decoy on top of you, and they're just not they're not going to pick you out. I think it. I think those were great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we came out with also the layout blind concealment panel. 
for Rogers Goosebuster layout blinds. Oh, yeah. To where it's a Max 5 on one side with brushed uh, loops and snow on the other side. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you clip it onto your brush loops on the layout blind, and, and you clip them. It's a, a sheet of material that goes between the blinds. It basically helps you not have to fill up between the blinds so much. And, and you know that every time, like, you start opening your blinds and mm-hmm. closing them, it kind of shoves all that stubble Vegetation, and yeah. the, all that stuff down into the – and you kind of expose your blind a little bit more than maybe you planned on at the beginning because your blinds only look the best first thing in the morning. And once you're in them, out of them, chasing birds around, doing whatever, they just slowly deteriorate as far as looking the best. Unless you have a lot of downtime to keep working on them. Yeah. But that concealment panel has also two different uh, – spots you can use it at one of the sides has five stakes down the side and you can use it as a side skirt or a back skirt to kind of help ease that uh, hard edge the hard edge like the back of the layout blinds it's kind of a and it's not it's not exactly vertical but it's kind of slain a little bit mm-hmm. but if you use that skirt you can kind of when those brush loops you can really kind of turn that those humps of a layout blind into a, just a smooth mound if you use it between them and behind them and the side of them and all that stuff. So you can really get those layout blinds to look pretty flat. Yeah, and, instead of four aggressive humps in a field that literally yeah. just looks like a gradual mound. And what I like, too, is you can store all your extra crap underneath them. Your gun scabbards, your blind bags, everything can be stored underneath them. So if you get into that really foul weather, too, it's an extra layer of protection to keep your blind bag dry. But it just it hides everything. So you don't have everything either shoved in your blind bag or, I mean, in your layout blind with you, or you're not trying to put it behind and then pile, you know, stubble and everything on top of it. You just put those back. And if you've, if you've got them stubbled in uh, or grassed in or depending on how you, you put cover on them, you can even just roll them up. Yeah, you just roll them up like a sleeping bag. Yeah, if you hunt corn a lot, I mean, heck, leave that corn, mm-hmm. leave that corn in the stubble straps, roll it up. Throw it in um, the blind. Throw it in the blind and go about your day. Um mm-hmm. If you hunt grass, a lot of times grass is kind of, it can be blended. If it's good dead grass and you're in a cornfield, it don't matter. Just throw some corn stubble on there and you're good to go. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so, that's a cool feature. And we got a new Rogers Goose flag, which is kind of nice. We got to use that. Mm-hmm. Was that, uh, that was New that Year's? Was, yeah, that was that the was first new time Year's. we got to take it out. It's brand new Goose flag. Um, what I like about it is you can fold the wings down to the handle and not break anything. Yes. Um, I don't know if we, got that on the packaging or anything or we purposely did that but you can't we did a bunch of times you know when sometimes i don't it's an all black goose flag and sometimes i don't like them laying around outside the layout blind so after we're done you know after we're trying to get these birds attention flagging them we would just kind of grab the wings and then the, the whoever's run the flag mm-hmm. was probably not goose calling they would grab the wings hold it up and shove it in their foot bag and it would be gone yeah and uh that was nice and i bet you can even pull it through. if you had the guy on the end have it mm-hmm I bet you you can pull it through the flag port. flag flag ports on the Cusebuster blind, so that's kind of nice. Absolutely, and they're a good price too. Yes, like fifteen bucks. Yes, yeah. cheap. So, well, we're almost probably out of time here. So, I mean, we're back at it. We're gonna we we're probably gonna talk about some you know the dog preacher's first year. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we have a, a buddy of ours who's his, his first season. waterfowl season. I mean, his first duck hunt or first waterfowl hunt. All, at all was opening day of duck this year. Yes. Not we, even teal. It was opening yeah, day of duck. It was, it's a friend of ours, a mutual friend who expressed some interest and we said, all right, we'll get you, we'll get you started. So we drug him to Colorado on the elk hunt and then. Yeah. And he's like a new hunter period. Yeah. He's new to it. I mean, never, 
deer, duck, turkey, anything. Yeah. So we drug him to Colorado. We made him hike around the mountains, and he yeah. he enjoyed that. So he, we said he wasn't really hunting. He was there for. He was we, there for we the tricked experience. him in there. Yeah. We tricked him into packing things out. Yes. So anyway, <laughs> then you know he expressed a little bit of interest into waterfowl hunting, and of course at that point, that was you know game on. That's a challenge for us to see how fast we can get him addicted. And uh, yeah, he uh, he he went and he was like the first group that came in opening day. He was yeah. done for. Yeah, and then of course, then we took him out, and he kept saying, "Man, I want to get my first green head." Well, there was an opportunity when we went took him out like the second or third time that a big old Drake came in all by himself, and we're like, "Okay, nobody's shooting except Tyler," and he jumped up and just stoned that mallard. Man, I just love seeing stuff like that. Just taking someone new out and the smile on his face. I mean, so we'll we'll get him in on a podcast too to talk about you know what his thoughts are, being uh, someone who's who's hunting and you know it it's fun. I I love watching someone new that's never done any hunting and you can just watch them just the you know you can fuel that addiction and just watch him just watch him grow into that that hunter and how much it takes off and then then they don't like you anymore because they don't have any money <laughs> and then yeah so anything but yeah sometimes you gotta say hold back you know like they you know, they take them hunting once and they come back to you and it's like well i'm thinking about buying all this and you're like whoa yeah no, i've got some of that stuff you can borrow yeah it's okay bud but yeah so we didn't want him to go broke but yeah so we're gonna wrap this podcast up but yeah we're back we just want to say thank you for helping us have a tremendous 2018 um and yeah yeah, we went to, uh, moment of silence for uh, the middle zone Missouri duck season that just ended Sunday. Yeah, RIP middle zone. <laughs>